It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. Welcome back. It is the Australian Grand Prix edition as Tommy does a scintillating little wave there uh, for visual uh, watchers over on YouTube. Uh, we got a lot to digest, haven't we, Tommy? And a lot of it happened right at the end to give us a month, a month's worth of chit-chat before we get to Azerbaijan. Yeah, the first bit of the race was decent, if not amazing, but we were getting towards the end of the race thinking, yeah, we've got a month to... Uh, do fill content about this race and there's a little bit but not loads and then kevin magnuson what a, what a g what a legend yeah he he clearly you know big listener uh, to the p1 podcast knew the the difficulties that we might have in making content but don't worry we won't just be reflecting uh, on what happened in the race for the next month uh, i think that we will run out of topics eventually we <laughs> yeah. do have other ideas uh, before we dive into the australian grand prix let's uh, share the five star review segment of this podcast if you don't know what it is leave us a five-star review tell us why be creative and we may read one out at the start of the podcast this one comes in from briffer 93 so so proud of you guys for fleeing the previous venture and flourishing without having to please any management it really makes you guys come across as genuine and down to earth and makes the whole p1 brand more appealing really love the work you guys have been doing an extra special shout out to Tommy for pushing himself out of his comfort zone of being in front of the camera. They don't see the uh, the threats of me saying you better come on camera. Otherwise. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's amazing to see the personality shine through with what originally brought you two together. Love. She didn't write that uh, yeah. uh, P1 forever. And hopefully we get to see Ferrari win a championship for Matt's sake in the next five years. I hope so. I hope I'm not going to be doing five more years of Ferrari pain. I can't do this anymore. We've waited long enough. Yeah, to be fair, five years is only what a third of what I've you know been waiting yeah. for a Ferrari World Title. Anyway, that is that's by the by. Well, actually, I say that it's it's probably <laughs> what I'm going to be bringing up in my memorable moment. So, my most memorable moment. It's the start, and obviously lingering in my brain is Charles Leclerc going off in the background backwards into the gravel. So, of course, the start of the race, I was I was buzzing. You had George Russell just sending it on the inside, which I don't think any of us thought that was going to happen. You're on the dirty side of the grid. Got a better start than Verstappen, took the lead into turn one. And then, then Max was also very cautious going into turn three as well, braked pretty early in comparison to the cars around him, if you actually watch the highlights. And that almost accidentally caused Hamilton to, to go up the inside. You could see he almost took avoiding action from when Max braked and then just sent one up the inside with one of the, the best moves I think we'll see all season. It was it was a beautiful move uh, from Lewis. And then, of course, in the background, Charles Leclerc and Stroll come together and Leclerc beached in the gra that gravel. There ain't no way. If you go in that gravel trap, unless you keep good momentum and you're already angled out, 
no chance. You're going backwards. Uh, the tears will start flowing if you're me. Mm. Yeah, Sergio Perez found that out the the day before. But yeah, there's a lot of, or well, part of the the carnage was the fact that you don't have runoff area here. And um, yeah, it was a good good start to the race. Exactly what we wanted. We'll go into why it didn't exactly pan out the way we probably would have wanted for uh, a, a banger of a race. Um, there we got the chaos at the end. But yeah, Charles Leclerc, goodness me, one absolute stinker of a start to the season. Um, I don't want to talk about it. I no, don't want to talk about it. You don't it, want to mate. share your stat that you just put on Twitter. What was it, 72, point, 72 points last year? 71. Uh, 71. 71 points from the first three races. Uh, this year, six. Uh, level on points, though, with the GOAT, Nico Hulkenberg, and now behind Lando Norris. Huh? Wow. I don't want to do this anymore. That is it's, bad, isn't it? You thought last year was painful because... You know, you get close to potentially winning a championship. You have some hope that maybe Ferrari take a step forward this year. Mm. And a uh, hundred yeah. steps back, perhaps? Maybe a hundred and three? Yeah, the actual incident itself, I think it's a racing incident for me. It's one of those Agreed. one of those things where I don't think you can you know, it's quite a, a lot of people like Stroll's not exactly the greatest wheel-to-wheel racer and has a lot of incidents, but I don't think you can blame him one bit. It's just going into that corner um, and three didn't get, go into one. And um, yeah, Stroll kind of got squeezed between Alonso and Charles coming around uh, the outside and uh, just punted Charles into a spin. And uh, yeah, these cars are far too wide these days to get to get three wide at somewhere like Albert Park. As much as I am a passionate fanboy and all that good stuff for Leclerc, I think I can also very much accept as as much as my my brain, my heart, and every other part of me was trying to blame anyone but but Charles or or you know the the universe. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't bring it on myself to say it was Stroll's fault. It wasn't like that. There, it was just one of those one of those things. And Leclerc just yeah can't catch a break at the moment. And yeah, I think. We just focus on next year now. Uh, build the car and oh, and see uh, see if twenty twenty four can be the the hype train uh, that we all deserve as Ferrari fans. I've seen so many people share that meme of Benotto, you know, when he was pointing at Leclerc after Silverstone, and people wrote the thing where it said like, "This is the worst season of my life," and it's like worst season so, so far. There we go. <laughs> he was right. I'm I'm sure he'd absolutely take finishing second in the world title right now. Yeah, and getting a few wins. So would I. Moving on. Uh, of course, that was the, the the sort of beginning stages of the race. I can't remember what lap Albon actually crashed. I don't know if you have that in your like encyclopedic uh, knowledge, Tommy. Roughly. Okay, let's go lap eight. Uh, but Albon, of course, had that big crash, uh, just lost the car. And he was running in a really oh, solid so good, wasn't he? points-paying position. Uh, what was he, eight? eight? I don't know. I think he was higher. I think he was sixth. about sixth at he one was sixth. point. Yeah. He was sixth. Um yeah, he was running in sixth and then lost the car, hit the wall, brought loads of gravel onto the track. Uh, and it kind of brought up the question of should the Alban incident have been a red flag? Um, my immediate reaction whilst there, emotions high because Russell had just pit, as had, uh, was it just Russell? Signs. Russell and Signs had pit yeah. under the safety car. So Alban, yeah, so the safety car was out. Russell and Signs reacted and said, oh, free pit stop, lose a few track positions, but, you know, get a, get the hard tyres on. Fair enough. But then after that, the red flag came out. 
emotions are high. We're like, oh no, we've, you know, this whole two Mercedes versus one Red Bull ruined. Because of course, under a red flag, you can change the tyres for free. Now on reflection, and I said this in funniest tweets, I, I actually think, yes, a red flag was feasible in this situation, just purely because of the extent of which the gravel was everywhere. And the fact Albon had made that mistake without any gravel on the track, of course, if there's bits and bobs everywhere, things that can unsettle the car, it could cause a, a dangerous situation. So I can understand the level of cleanup that was required. So, um, yeah, I think the red flag, what, I don't, I don't think it was an absolute slam dunk. Can't do it any other way than a red flag, but I'm not going to go as far to say, wow, we really didn't need one. Yeah. Cause there was so much gravel on the track. Like it, it just pushed all the, gra- I mean, it was a Hulkenberg uh, on board wasn't it where we got the helmet cam and we saw all that gravel like spray onto the track um, and even if you did a VSC or something the marshals have got to get out there uh, and they're probably the cars would have gone through maybe a few times through that gravel uh, which is probably not going to do much good to their tires so yeah red flag and uh, normally we love a bit of a shake up in a race but Oh, it was painful. It was absolutely painful because we had such a fascinating battle between the two Mercs and Verstappen. And it looked like Russell, uh, whether he was doing it deliberately or not, we'll, I'm sure we'll maybe find out at some point, but he was kind of towing Hamilton along because Hamilton had DRS and it allowed Hamilton to stay ahead of Verstappen who also had DRS. And those two could kind of work together. But as soon as Russell pit, it kind of ruined it. And um, yeah, it was a big, a big old shame to see that red flag because, like you say, they can change all the tyres, and we thought we, thought we were just going to get a boring old run to the end. Yeah, we all knew deep down that Verstappen was a lot quicker than both yeah. Mercedes, and in a lot of ways, it was inevitable that he would get through at some point and win the race. I don't think many of us truly believe that the Mercedes could um, outclass the Red Bull. But that being said two was much better in that situation than one and having Hamilton there on his own sitting duck soon as DRS was enabled Max flew past in the rocket ship that is that Red Bull um now the question comes in from Nuri Puri 2 could a Mercedes have won had Russell not DNF'd I guess the question more is about had Russell not been taken out of position and been in that fight let's say there was no safety car no red flag and that plays out and his car did set on fire. <laughs> yeah, and also had finished the race yeah, as well. Yeah. I still think no. I, I I think it's a ninety ten sort of situation where I think if there's a hundred races, Verstappen would have would have won about ninety of those. Mercedes maybe could have outclassed them in some ways, but that would have required Russell and Hamilton to work absolutely in synchrony. But then even then, they would have come under pressure from some kind of undercut. There would have been, at some point, Mercedes would have had to pull the trigger with one of their drivers to come in and and cover off the undercut from Verstappen. Then it would have been Max on whoever stays out. Then he would have flown through and probably had more pace. So I think Verstappen would have got at least into second at some point, and then it's it's easy pickings for him. So I don't think they would have won that race. It, it, It As much as the Mercedes was probably the second fastest car, marginally, Uh, this weekend they were just nowhere near Red Bull Max had so much in the locker as much as I'd love to have seen Mercedes take the fight to him and that first stint could have been incredible it just it just they just didn't have enough 
Yeah, I just love. I would have loved to have seen that pan out. Uh, but I think I think he would have. Max would have stayed behind maybe for the whole first stint, uh, potentially if uh, if they had worked together. Um, there were so many different scenarios that could have happened there. You, know, you could have had Verstappen getting past both of them, neither the, the Mercs tripping over each other, the Mercedes drivers arguing about who should take the lead and well, whether they do just wasn't there? Do do they keep remember, pa- team radio? Yeah. Did they just keep? Pa- should they have just kept passing each other and allowing the DRS to go back, and then you kind of risk Verstappen sneaking through as well? Oh, it would have been so good, but alas, it didn't happen. So I don't think they had the pace pace to win. Verstappen was so comfortable out front. Uh, to the point where he pretty much fell asleep and went off at one point. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> thankfully had a 13, 14 second gap, whatever it was, uh, that it didn't really matter. Yeah, I think, uh, I, to be fair, it was about 10 or 11, I think he was sitting at, and then it went down to seven or eight. Yeah, so I remember three. seeing the camera yeah. shot and I was like, oh my God. It was when it cut to really when slow. it was slow. Yeah. I thought he was he was conking out. I, I genuinely mm-hmm. was like, oh my God, he's got a problem. Hamilton's going to take the lead. Uh, but anyway, back to this, this whole Russell-Hamilton um working together, teammate rivalry, whatever you want to call it. There was that interesting moment where Russell was basically being told to manage, but then Hamilton with those four DRS zones was of course all over the back of his teammate. And it seemed as though George was getting a little bit concerned about the, the, the attack from behind. So that being said, it didn't look as though maybe they'd agreed a particular scenario or a way in which they would have worked together in order to keep Verstappen behind to win the race, which is something I I, I feel as though maybe they should have agreed to prior and had mm-hmm. a game plan in case they got ahead of Max. <laughs> it's a tough conversation, but yeah. it depends what the drivers want. Do they want to finish yeah. second and third or do they want to help the team potentially win? But then it's which, which one of those drivers would win. Um, and yeah. we, we already know that Hamilton wants to get wants to get a big W uh, in in the car before before Russell this year, uh, especially. Next question comes in from Fee underscore B63. Why on earth does a red flag equal a free tyre change or choice? Tommy? Because then the rules, <laughs> and they always have been. But yeah, it's always been that way. Sometimes it will work in, in favour. Most of the time it can ruin a race and a lot of people get annoyed um, because I think it's happened a lot more these days and particularly we'll go into this later in terms of entertainment purposes and how much they carry on after a red flag but a lot of uh, early Formula 1 when you had a red flag it was very rare that you would actually restart it Um, and then I guess now because of the way tyres are so important and you do essentially have a mandatory pit stop because you have to change tires you get that free pass and this we get this question every single time <laughs> this happens um and it is just the way it's always been but you can't have a you can't let a car you know say there's a red flag and they've gone through loads of gravel or they've uh, had a problem or a puncture you can't say well you got to start with that puncture and then it's like well should should it just be that one team? Why can't everyone do it? And then you'd get more arguments. So, yeah, that's exactly true. The the whole point of there having been a red flag is probably there's been some sort of collision somewhere. You've probably got an ailing car. So say okay, red flag conditions, and then that car is hobbling back to the pits. Sorry, can't touch the car. Yeah, You're going to have to go out and cause danger for all the other drivers, and then come back in the pits. That is one of the main reasons is for safety. Is that 
yeah, okay, well, everyone can change their tires, fix whatever they need to do because that is the safe, the safest way to do it. It's not fair. A lot of people say it's not fair, but Formula One isn't fair. Sometimes things will not go your way. A safety car will come out just at the wrong time. And that's just the way Formula One is. That's what creates the drama, the controversy, and sometimes strange race winners. So it's, it is the, the rules. I don't think it should be changed either. There's been talk. I saw Tomo, for example, put up on, on, his, on his Twitter about thinking maybe the red flag should be a, um, a rolling start and then not change tyres. But I think the tyre change has to be there because of safety, as I mentioned. And red flags always have to have a standing start. It's just... It, there is no, you just don't get the same feeling if you have a rolling no, start. Rolling not at not all. The same. No chance. Yeah, that, that, was, that was what was so exciting at the end. And... Yeah, it's it's just not going to happen. I mean, everyone, we're now here kind of being annoyed by it because it essentially ruined what would have been quite an exciting race uh, at the start with the, with the Mercedes and Verstappen. But everyone loved it when Gasly won at Monza and that helped him. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Didn't see him complaining about it then, did we? No, exactly. Um, right, Tommy, it's now time for your special moment. What's your, sorry, not special moment. That's not what it's called. It's Tommy's <laughs> most memorable moment. moment. It is. Um, my most memorable moment was that 0.3 of a second where we thought Nico Hulkenberg was going to get on the podium and Matt absolutely adored this moment from the I, watch along. I have not seen <laughs> in my life more passion of something happening in this sport than when you realised that Hulkenberg was in fourth place. It was literally like you'd just discovered like Honestly, unlimited whole, cash or something. Like, I know. It was his whole career, His whole career flashed before my eyes at that moment when he was going up the inside of Stroll. It are was, you just gonna you're gonna rip off your mask and you actually are Nico Hulk? Like that that passion was. Is he your brother? Is he your long lost brother or no, something? No, this is the thing. I just love an underdog story, and I, I love seeing potentially rubbish cars do well. And it would have not only been Nico Hulkenberg on the podium; it would have been a house podium, which would have been really cool. And um, yeah, in this kind of Formula One era where you don't really get a lot of unpredictable race results. Uh, and people on the podium and things, it was just utter carnage. And then as soon as I realized Hulkenberg was in fourth, it was like, oh my God, he's in fourth. And Science was obviously ahead of him, who we thought was going to get a penalty. If it carried on, could that have happened? And then also in my head was, uh, spoiler going into the predictions, that you'd managed to, you know, predict biggest surprise, and we were bantering about how, oh, imagine if he got a podium, ha, ha, ha. And here we are. <laughs> he was he was so close to being there. What What a mad absolutely mad end to the race but that just um that was it was so predictable that was going to happen just that just the carnage a track like melbourne where there's gravel um there's everything the 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 thing about a formula one race start is everyone goes oh you, you can't win at the first corner but when it's a one lap or a two lap shootout you can because that is your <laughs> biggest chance to win so of course everyone's going for the dive bombs Absolutely everyone went for the dive bombs. Uh, Lando Norris was was interviewed after the race and said that it felt like he was going to crash at every single corner because he just couldn't get any tyre temperature. Uh, He was saying like even in the tyres being 65, 70 degrees, that he would expect to have some sort of grip, but didn't. And the fact that that was how he felt was was very clear that that was a, a feeling 
throughout the whole grid. The amount of mistakes we saw at the end of that race was ridiculous, wasn't it? We had Logan Sargent taking away Nick DeVries's um, F1 2023 virginity because he just absolutely... <laughs> at this point, by the way, as time of recording, he still doesn't have a penalty. Does he not? No. And he's not even under investigation, I don't think. How? Correct me if I'm wrong. He's literally he entered the Alpha Tauri. It's, it's far worse than what Science did. He literally just drove into the back of him yeah. like, <laughs> like you do when you just want to take... You know when someone does something bad to you in a video game and you just plough into the back of them? That's exactly you what he did. You had that. You had Perez going off. You had Signs yeeting Alonso. You had both the Alpines crashing into each other. You had Stroll just miss his breaking point by 47 years uh, at turn three as well. So you just had all of these mistakes. And it just... It just felt like I was like, "What is going on?" Are people that they were all just driving like like it was the last lap of their Formula One career, and this is the only time they were ever going to win a race. And to be honest, it created unbelievable entertainment. And this is the next question at ehf one underscore: Did they red flag the race for entertainment purposes, knowing we we, we would be left with two laps of madness? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think from my opinion. In my opinion, even uh, they, the FIA got scared of having a safety car till the end of the race and having another one like Monza that year. Was it last year? Yeah, last year. When last year. we went from you know, it, and that was a long time. We were under safety car for six, seven laps, I think it was. Yeah, they didn't get their act together quick enough, and we finished the race under safety car. Now, would I prefer a red flag and a reset over finishing under the safety car? Absolutely. Would yeah. I want that if Leclerc was leading by 20 seconds? <laughs> Ask me when that, when that happens. Yeah. Uh, but yes, they, they red flagged I, for entertainment purposes. It, of course, there, there is a sporting reason as well. K-Mag had hit the wall. There was supposedly a lot of debris on the track. There was a tyre on the track. Maybe could have been dealt with under just a normal safety car conditions, potentially. But... That being said, they then ran the risk of running it into the final lap. So it depends how you view it. If you're a Verstappen fan, you're like, oh, well, that's a bit annoying. I wouldn't have called that as a as a red flag. If you're everyone else, oh, yeah, give us more red flags, please, more standing starts. Uh, but yes, I think they did. I think they definitely took into account that the safety car could have finished us, uh, finished the race. Yeah, 100%. And whether you like it or not, uh, this is this will always be the biggest debate, and people will say, "Well, this shouldn't come into account because it's a sport, and sometimes you can things can be, you know, football matches can be a draw or whatever, get over it." But F one tickets are a lot of money now. People travel from all over the world to go see them, and uh, yeah, and ending under safety car and not getting a exciting finish, you might feel a bit um, shortchanged. Uh, say like at Monza, for example. A lot of people kind of, it was a massive anticlimax, Monza, when you have that safety late safety car, the excitement builds where you think you're going to get something exciting, and then you just finish behind a safety car. So, yeah, there's no doubt um, they did that. Uh, I'd be more concerned, let's just go into it quickly, that they were allowing people on the track, uh, fans onto the track. Before I don't know if they allowed them. Did they allow them? I, I don't I, remember I think that they, I think they let them into the next bit so like you know how you have an initial bit where you go through like a barrier and then you have to go through the next bit like through a fence 
uh, and someone had managed to get on the track. And this is as they were crossing the line uh, on the final lap behind the safety car and then Verstappen led the field. But yeah, there were people on the track at, at turn one, a couple of people and people hanging on the catch fencing and stuff. It was very sketchy. Yeah, and so it was very weird to see the documentation that the Australian Grand Prix Corporation, whatever they were called, had been summoned to the stewards. So I wonder if they'll get like a little five-second penalty or, you know, maybe a, a, grid, a grid place drop for the next race or something like that. Um, but mm, we'll find yeah, out. clearly it was something. Maybe it was penalty there was points. someone that had allowed them through because why would they summon uh, the circuit there clear because there's a lot of people there as well so there must have been some miscommunication um but yeah very concerning uh there were some absolute you know wild people there literally filming by the side of the track and you're like yeah okay it is under safety car conditions but you never know what could happen and these cars are still going fast enough to kill you so people spin off behind safety cars before so yeah, so you just have to be really careful. Um, but yeah, so there, there will be an investigation into that, I am sure. Next question, Colin underscore R underscore Mason. Isn't it about time we go back to 90s rules of red flags where aggregate times were used? Absolutely not. That is the <laughs> worst suggestion, Colin. I'm sorry. Thank you so much for getting involved in this P1 podcast. But that but. <laughs> would ruin everything. We the, don't need the it more drama. confusing. The, the, you know, the confusion, but also the drama would just go down the toilet. You would never have anything that would really spice up the action. Okay, you might have a safety car, but as for a red flag, which is supposed to be, oh, red flag, oh my God, you know, the race is resetting. Oh, hype builds up again. Instead, it would be, so Max Verstappen was leading by 48 seconds uh, when the red flag was flown. So he has a 48-second advantage uh, when the race resumes. No yeah, one, everyone will love that. No one wants that. <laughs> no one wants that. I'm sorry. Maybe no. you, Colin, but no one else. I'm sorry. No, definitely not. Um, yeah, it's just not. It's just not the way the way it should be. It should be far too confusing. And I love the way Colin phrases this. Isn't it about time? You can see Colin's been sat there in his, in his armchair <laughs> waiting to go back to the glory of the 90s when it was aggregate timing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was this you, Tommy? Is this, is this, no, uh, it's certainly not. No? Okay, fair. Even you have said no uh, to this Even particular I've suggestion. Even I have said no to this, yeah. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Jack W. O. Sullivan. We might already have an answer before you can get the review out, but do you think Gasly is going to get a race ban? Now, we have had the, um, the the conclusion of that, and there was no further action between Ocon and Gasly, which um, I'm Ow. a little bit shocked about, to be honest with you. 
Um, I felt that it was deserving of a penalty. I think that perhaps there is something to be said with one, them being teammates. That always seems to come up, come out with a more lenient decision from the FIA, which is very odd. Maybe it's because neither party push hard for a penalty because, lo and behold, they're from the same team. So yeah. the representatives are the same. And more importantly, number two as well, Gasly, of course, being two points away from a race ban. And as you've said, Tommy, for, for quite a long time now, you think they will bottle banning anyone because 100%. it will just look bad for the sport. Yeah, 100%. Uh, maybe maybe we'll do a whole podcast on this later in the week, but I just think Ooh, that it's because it's quite a spicy topic, I think. Um, but initial thoughts on Gasly getting this penalty, I'm not surprised, but I also think it should have been a penalty. I mean, he squeezed Ocon. Uh, well, he, he didn't squeeze Ocon deliberately, but he rejoined quite unsafely. And then he's just driving his normal racing line when Ocon's clearly alongside him. And he's obviously going so much slower because he's been through the the gravel. And um, it's just, I, I know they're not exactly the same incidents because say like Carlos Sainz, for example, it's a completely different incident, but it's a, it's a similar thing in terms of just a mistake, in my opinion. And also the weird thing is, uh, I read into it and one of the things that they said was, oh, um, it counts as a first lap incident because it's the restart. But why yeah. why doesn't sciences then? Because sciences for me is is too harsh. Yeah, agreed. I think that it was touch or go, uh, touch and go. But uh, whether science deserved a five second penalty, we'll get onto the question shortly from Jamie. But yeah, taking that into account now, where Ocon and Gasly, you know, there was no penalty coming from that. I felt as though Gasly, you know, rejoins the circuit, but it is his responsibility to not interfere with other drivers that are clearly going quicker behind him to a level of which it makes it dangerous. And the fact that he's coming across, like, for example, Sebastian Vettel got a penalty at Canada. When yes, he yes, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. All he did was block Hamilton, and he got a penalty for that. Mm. So you're telling me that Gasly coming over the grass, rejoining, <laughs> wiping out his teammate into the wall, to the wall. Yeah. causing absolute carnage... Is a not big, a big penalty. crash, yeah. yeah. And, and, it, and it defies the, the, the most stupid thing is um, they've now changed the rules of penalty points. And yeah, m- maybe we'll do a whole podcast on this, but it's just maybe they, we they will, clearly we keep going, maybe we will. It. But I, I also really <laughs> want to rant now about it. Um, maybe I'll, I'll zip, we'll, we'll do a podcast on it. <laughs> okay, we'll look forward to that later in the week. We've got a month to uh, enjoy. yeah, we've got a month to film. I'm just thinking that in my head, much more content, but um, but yeah, we will get into that uh, at another time. But hopefully, we'd, we'd love to see your opinions as well. So send them in over on social media, Matt P1 Tommy. Uh, so no, no race ban for Gasly, nothing, not even a reprimand, just nope. no further action. Next and question, then Logan Sargent's just there, like, cool. Oh yeah, yeeted debris up, and uh, they've not <laughs> even noticed. It's, almost, it's literally like because we'd hardly notice with everything yeah. else going on, and it's like the FIA just didn't did, see it. Did they see that replay? Uh, they they weren't looking at that. They saw Alonso yeah, spinning and didn't notice me at the back, just absolutely sending it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, next question: Jamie Rowe, LFC eight. Should Signs have gotten the penalty if Alonso still got third? Signs got a penalty for causing a collision with Alonso and ruining his race, but then Alonso was put back in to third surely either alonso gets third or signs gets a penalty so how this works and my understanding of it 
is, and I was confused at the time as well, where I've sat there going, so wait, so the lap heart basically doesn't count. We go back to what it was previously, uh, yet science is still getting a penalty. But I guess on the flip side, when you look at that, if someone destroys someone into the wall, causes a red flag, and then it gets count back, you, you have to penalise that person. Otherwise, yeah. it just becomes a demolition derby. <laughs> Alpha Tauri, if say it was a, another situation where Verstappen was against, I don't know, like Hamilton or Alonso for the title, they'd just deploy Alpha Tauri to just <laughs> yeet everyone, cause a red flag, and then it goes count back and, and they're fine and don't get any kind of consequence. This is, of course, a joke from Tom Bellingham that, that he yeah. would never expect that from a sister team. So I thought no. I'd just, you know, just in case you yeah, get yeah. clipped up by someone. Um, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so... I guess when you look at it that way, of course, signs has to get penalised or at least looked at for the incident. When we actually dive into the specifics of it, I have to remind you all, and I have to remind myself because I do not believe it's fully true, the stewards do not take into account the consequence of the incident. It's just Sergeant the actual... Taking out someone that's 19th. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Oh, well, they were like, at right, time. we're off. Ah, it doesn't matter, does it? Off we go. Um, so with that in mind, and it being lap one as well, I am now more leaning towards the fact it shouldn't be a penalty than it should. After I've watched it a few times, because initially when I saw it, I went, ah, science has gone in well too hot, yeeted Alonso. Reality of it is, yes, he goes in too hot, it is the lightest of touches which unsettles Alonso's car, goes round. Oh, I don't know. It's, it's, I keep, I keep, every time I see it in my brain, I change my mind. I think it's very much could go one way or the other. But if we're mm. taking into account what Ocon and Gasly did and that wasn't a penalty, then this shouldn't be a penalty, in my opinion. Yeah, because you're taking into account. <laughs> Is it any worse? Because if you look at Science's actual line, it's just the way that Alonso's come into the corner, Science got mm. into the corner. I don't think he absolutely goes in hugely hot. Like, like it's absolutely outrageous. Um, it's just the way he goes into the corner. And then you go, well, they didn't bother, clearly didn't bother investigating or giving any kind of penalty to Leclerc, Stroll, and Alonso when they collided on the first lap because Leclerc went out the race so that just shows that they are counting the fact that it took Alonso out uh, and science was gaining an advantage but then he doesn't gain an advantage because it's all reset afterwards and I agree yeah I I personally don't think it should have been a penalty not because it shouldn't exist because the lap doesn't exist I just don't I just generally think if you're counting it that as a first lap incident it's just a bit of unfortunate, but then that, that's me kind of old school, like my indie car where they just have a kind of a bit of argy bargy uh, without it being too over the top. It's also worth mentioning the lap did exist. Uh, lap 57 Sorry, yeah, did happen, did. but it, they, they went back to what the order was before lap 57 begun, which then was lap 58 and then the formation, then it finished. Just just because, yeah, I don't want to get it confused um, because it was a confusing situation for, for everybody uh, watching that. So that. One more thing to add actually about yes. science is you had the idea that science could potentially back the field up a little bit because Hamilton mm. didn't get that penalty because uh, it doesn't count apparently behind safety car. So he could have backed up the field and then just absolutely floored it. And, yep. and 
I remember thinking, well, that's never going to happen. But now I've actually looked at the race results. He was only half a second off a point. So yeah. it was very close because there was barely anyone in the race. He finished last and he was 12th. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is it, right? Um, and I've got one more thing to say about signs as well before we move on. Yeah, I think he could have definitely tried that. I don't know why Ferrari aren't on the blower saying, look, let's try this. They because I don't said, f- we are checking and now they're oh, going yeah, to get back well, to him in a bit. It. But, you know, if surely, because Sainz is a, he's a clever, clever little warrior. He knows what he's doing and he has how he won Silverstone last year and, and things like that. I'm surprised he was probably in my, and, and it seemed that way on the team radio and kind of links in with my final point. His emotion almost got the better of him. Like he was yeah. genuinely really upset by the penalty. You could hit, I think he was actually crying. Like it genuinely sounded like he was mm. upset over the radio. So I wonder if that clouded his judgment in that final lap where he's gone, well, I've thrown away P4. This is, this is absolutely outrageous. When the reality is, I don't think, now I, I don't know for certain, but I don't think you had to maintain that 10 car gap because it wasn't, it wasn't behind the safety car cleared off. It gone in the pit lane. So signs could have definitely just slowed up in the last few corners, yeeted it, stayed within it, his delta, and potentially got a, a seventh or an eighth. Because Hulkenberg, let's not forget as well, Hulkenberg conked out with a couple of a few corners to go. His his yeah. car had broken down, so he wasn't rushing over the line with any kind of okay. any kind of source. Mm. I don't know why I use source as the word, but you know <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, so yeah. I, I genuinely think there's missed points there as well for Ferrari. Dare I say? A Michael Schumacher back in the day, or oh, even like a Verstappen now, hundred percent. For those wondering, Monaco twenty twelve to no twelve twelve was when he got uh, pole, wasn't yeah, it? Twenty ten yeah. when he overtook Alonso. Was it yeah. Alonso? At the, yeah, at, yeah. The final corner Hamilton? before the safety car line. No, it was Alonso. It was Alonso. He was in Alonso, the Mercedes, yeah. yeah, and um, overtook him before the safety car line. But, but it comes back to that thing, doesn't it? Of Schumacher, you know, ah. Uh, I've got a penalty. I'm going to take it on the last lap and then I've already driven through the pit lane and it counts as me finishing the race. You just, it's that kind of always thinking. Mm. Uh, and I'm surprised that he didn't at least have a go. Yeah, he could have tried something because he wasn't ever going to score any points anyway. So he may as well risk getting a penalty again uh, and, mm. and and get points. But look, by the by, I'm sure he just wants to move on, uh, to be yeah. honest with you. We now move on to biggest winner which is either a driver or a team. Hmm. So for me, I guess it depends how you measure this. Is it winner in terms of literally where they finished or is it winner in terms of how they performed over the, over the whole weekend? For this one, I'm going to say where they finished. And my biggest winner is going to be Lando Norris. I feel as though P6 in that McLaren is absolutely not where that car deserved to be. Obviously, there was a bit of good fortune as well uh, along the way with penalties and drivers yeeting into each other. But to finish P6, and I guess McLaren as a whole, P8 for Piastri, they are now, I don't want to say this out loud, um, they they are 14 points behind Ferrari (laughs) in the constructors' standings after three races. Yep, good. And Norris is actually ahead of Leclerc in the drivers now after this one result. So that's depression. Um, good. So yeah, there's my winner. Kind of McLaren slash Norris hybrid. I, I would say McLaren, just the fact that I cannot believe six and eight at the end there. Madness. Yes, um, it's a joke. Yeah. And maybe Yuki Snowder that he actually managed not to finish 11th and get that point because Science had the penalty. 
Absolutely. I, I would actually have argued that if he hadn't have got that penalty, biggest winner would have been would have been Sainz because I think he was brilliant all oh, weekend massive. and actually yeah. had the better of, of Leclerc. But I wonder if that also played what made him so emotional that I think it was one of the his best performances for Ferrari. Uh, even though I know the car's not there and he's won a race before, but in terms of him just like beating Leclerc and being really good, and then it's all kind of gone away from him right at the end with one small mistake that I don't think is worthy of a such a harsh penalty. But there we yeah, go. Yeah, I, I bet he he just couldn't believe it that that emotion and pleading like he was literally pleading down the radio. Let me speak to the stewards. Let me speak to. It was not anything I've ever heard from Signs before. We've never really heard that kind of vulnerable side from him i would i would mm. argue um yeah. so to hear that was was yeah was was quite sad um but yeah signs deserved so much more than 12th place it's absolutely ridiculous to say that out loud because he he was the driver of the day in my opinion uh, up until lap 57 of 58 biggest loser driver of team <sighs> Oh, I was going to say, Ferrari. Ferrari is my team for biggest loser, um, purely because <laughs> zero points scored. God I don't want to go into it any more than that. Um, actually, to be fair, biggest winner ish. I want to also shout out Joe Guan Yu for getting two points in that Alfa Romeo. Well done. Uh, well played. That's all I wanted to say on that matter. But yes, um, biggest loser, Ferrari. By a yeah, not I was going to say by a country mile, but no, Alpine are close or a close second. But yeah, what a disaster! How are they scoring zero points after Sainz yeah. drove incredibly well? Leclerc a bit unlucky, and yeah, we move on to Azerbaijan. Yeah, shocker. Um, just to be different then and throw something into the mix, I will say Alex Albon, just because I think he threw away a big result for Williams, and it's going to be it's going to be. For a team like Williams, and I've said it before, that you don't get many points uh, available these days because not, I know this kind of goes against what's happening now because it was a chaotic race, but because of the top four teams taking up to eighth, there's not going to be many points available this year, uh, I don't think. So uh, that's a race where they should have scored big points. Mm. Um, and yeah for it to be a, like a mistake as well not even like a car failure or something I think uh, Alex is going to be kicking himself because he was really I mean if you look at the result you'd, you'd think he'd, he'd be in sixth yeah if not higher really if, like he, yeah. he might have even beaten Perez potentially who Which knows mad with, with everything yeah. that, that went on um, do we, is, is Albon escaping some criticism in this podcast and generally because of all the other craziness that went on that we've almost yeah. forgotten his crash yeah, at the start? He threw it, away. it was a yeah, big he, mistake. There was there yeah. was no failure as far as we're aware. It was just a driver mistake, um, which, yeah, had, had big consequences. Yeah, it's one of those things that because he's in a lower team, you don't count it, but that uh, is like, a, yeah, that, that's the equivalent of like throwing away uh, a win if you're like if like say like Verstappen had gone off and actually gone into the wall that's that that is that level for Williams because six to them is a victory yeah. so um yeah it's, it's huge huge from uh from Albany was brilliant uh in qualifying and looked like he's having going to be having a great weekend but throw it away he did indeed. Now, let's take a look back at our predictions that we made on <laughs> Thursday and see how we did. Now, Tommy, um, you're the luckiest man alive, uh, is what I will say to this. And you'll know why when we go through all of these predictions. So my biggest good surprise 
was Nico Hulkenberg, and I think that is a big fat point. Um, you tried to start saying during our Twitch watch along that you know if he if he finishes ninth, I wouldn't call that a good surprise. But he finished seventh, potentially could have had a podium. Uh, of course, Haas did try and uh, lodge a protest uh, for the race results, and it got thrown out by the FIA. So no Hulk podium this time round, uh, but. Yeah, Hulk, definitely a good surprise, I would say. Now, let's just clarify as well. It doesn't have to be the best surprise when we say biggest good surprise. It just has to be in the realms of, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, we'll judge it and then desperately try and blank it from each other. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) So my biggest good surprise was McLaren. Never in doubt. You're the lucky. You're so lucky. (laughs) You are so lucky. Before lap 57... That's not that's not on. It's just not on. A is whole it? weekend as well. Not Literally, even, just yeah. a disgrace. Um, well done, Tommy. That's a point for both of us. Uh, biggest flop. I said Perez. I would also argue that that absolutely is a point. Now people are yeah. going to go, but he finished, he finished fifth, fifth in a Red Bull that was miles quicker than he everyone. Fin- he finished fifth in the best car of the grid. He don't. He wouldn't have finished fifth had it not been for the ridiculous stuff at the at the He'd end. Seventh, seventh yeah. in a Red Bull where I predicted he'd probably get top three. You said the same. You know, you expect him to be on the podium. Just didn't really have the pace, especially in the second half of the race. Could hardly catch Norris uh, for quite quite some time. Perez obviously said over the radio, "Let's fix these issues, etc., etc., etc." But I still think it's in the realms of, of flop territory. So I'm taking mm-hmm. a point, Tommy. And if we hadn't have had that restart, he'd have been last again because he was he went over the grass and it was off. Very so, true. Yeah. Definitely so, flop. Yeah. He, he was doing a lot of lawn mowing this weekend. So, yeah, uh, I think this one is like half-point territory. This is contentious. This is very contentious, and I'm not just doing this to be uh, an idiot. This is genuinely like he had the best probably like the best race of his Ferrari career and then bottled it with a mistake. So I guess, so like, you know, where if, do you call it? If we're talking about what a flop is, that's a, that's a big flop. You know, it's a big come down. <laughs> from... <laughs> but <laughs> do you know what I mean though? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's an he enormous flop. Yeah, he flopped. He like, boy did I, I, he flop. I will happily give you a point for that. Yeah, because, because he because he did it's the literally flop of all flops. Through, he flopped through the field. Yeah, he 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 was there, ready to be you know praised, and then yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, mm. you know he was great on the hard tires, but then flopped. Right. Yeah. We now move to pole position. I said Alonso. I think I should serve half a point for just being a G. <laughs> just, uh, but no, I get no points sorry. for that. And Tommy, you're boring, boring as hell and yeah. secured a point. So I know exactly what your uh, your uh, uh, your game plan is from here on in. So well done for the point on that one, Tommy. Really? Uh, yeah. On, and then top okay. three. My top three was Verstappen, Alonso, Perez. That's one point for me. <laughs> and I was very fluky. I went Verstappen, Perez, Alonso, and that's actually two because Alonso got his P3 back. So you got two, three, four, five points at the moment. Uh, and then we had our one crazy prediction uh, oh where I God. said everyone lines up in their grid box, cor- grid box correctly. And I, I saw a few of you message me on social media. I appreciate when I was trying to argue. Well, I, I wasn't trying to argue. I was telling you the reasons as to why Verstappen didn't get a penalty for his grid box uh, placement. And people thought that was because I was trying to protect my one crazy prediction. <laughs> but no, it was the fact that it a lot tried. of people were questioning 
uh, Max's position at the restart in the grid box, but it was completely legal. <laughs> Can you uh, imagine, though, if he'd ruined it on the last <laughs> lap? I mean, he'd have taken it because it would have been exciting. It would have been, a, yeah, right? it would have been exciting. But yeah, so I yeah. get a point for that. And Tommy? I said a Red Bull beaten in qualifying, and yeah, Perez uh, had a shocker. Perez got beaten by everybody in, in qualifying, which I is I was Lewis Hamilton in second away from a clean sweep. That's mad. Maybe yeah, that, that, I, that is, is actually mad. I, I genuinely didn't crazy. think. Yeah. I wow. mean, I, I'm going to say that half of these are the luckiest things I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, but I mean, you've, you've, you've done it. Like, I mean, fair play to you. Like, that, well played, Tommy. That, that's a Thank lot you. of points. That's six for you and one, two, three, four for me, which that's means my... 11, 11, nine, I think. Yeah, 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 I think it's eleven nine. Uh, we'll cool. update it on the, we'll uh, on the next on predictions sheet, yeah. video for sure. Um, yeah, so well done, wow. Tommy. Congratulations on that. Amazing predictions. Let's see how good we are uh, for Azerbaijan in a month's time. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about every single driver next time, tomorrow, in fact, in our F1 to 10 driver ratings uh, for the Australian Grand Prix. So be sure to listen to that podcast over on Apple, Google, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts, or over on YouTube. Uh, we will have the energetic edit over there as well if you want something more visual. Tommy, what is your final thought? My final thought is that... Um, no, don't do it. Just say something. <laughs> Just say something. Say something. Uh, say something. Yeah, well done, Melbourne. Melbourne, for God's sake! Like, just <laughs> that's my final thought. Say it properly, okay? I got I got taught by by the Australian folks, so you do too. Stop, okay. stop being Melbourne. horrible, in Melbourne, Melbourne. Anyway, thank you, everybody. Uh, we'll see you very soon for another piece of content. Don't worry, we'll be keeping you company over the next month whilst we have yeah, the drought yeah. of Formula One racing. You will have myself and Tommy to listen to and watch uh, over the course of April. So we'll see you very soon. Bye. Bye. My final thoughts is there's still tickets for the live show if you're living yeah, in London. Yeah, if you want to come and see and us, like uh, we've got a few 10, tickets 15, left. 15, 20 left, if that. And we're going to be talking lots probably about what happened in Australia as well, because that'll be fun, won't it? Bye! Bye! P1 is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.